listeners, it's Wednesday somewhere, and that means you're listening to Spoiler Alert. I'm joined via Zoom teleconference by my old friends from high school, the girl who beat up that teacher the one time, Sonia, and the guy who hates the entire graduating class of 2008, Sean. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> you guys are... You guys are the people I forgot about. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I put a urinal cake in the punch bowl. No. Oh, uh, Sean, sure, no. I did. Why? Did you actually? Hold on. No, there's Wait, no what? Okay. such thing as a punch bowl. All right. Okay. Let's not go into Sean's dark past as someone who hazed <laughs> as people. As ultimate hazer. <laughs> Every once in a while, I, I delve into it. and I, I know. I'll be damned if I don't want to know more. But. <laughs> it's playing. Oh, it's bleak. Today we are searching the depths of our minds to find out, well, uh, what's down there. Uh, yes, today we're talking about the movies that we forgot. Now, as wife of the show pointed out, how are we going to remember something that we forgot? <laughs> and while this is a valid point, I feel that here at Spoiler Alert, we are able to dig deep and ask our parents and siblings about it. So I think that we are in the clear. I've talked to a few people in my life. It's all good. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, I but actually we'll get into a- it. A weekend hypnotism class. <laughs> they, got, they got right into my psyche and pulled out some gems. Exactly. See, we are willing to put the work in. Yeah. And it cost me hundreds you... of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, a full spoiler alert is in effect. And yes, Leslie Edwards and Bartholomew Hunt did in fact beat Lewis and Clark to the West Coast. Like by five or ten minutes. So, just saying. Alright, you guys. Let's get down to the... the Let's get down to this here. What are some good movies that you guys forgot? Wow. Okay, one that I... Well, the method that I used was actually... I googled movies we forgot about, and then I went through some lists, and then kind of as I started to remember some of them, it like mm-hmm. snowballed, and then I remembered more. Yeah. Yes. So one of the ones that really kicked it off for me was 1998, the 1998 classic, Polly. Are you too Holy. familiar with this film? No. Um, I'm it's gonna about Google it. a parrot who can talk. No. And um, it starts with That's Tony, Sh- isn't it? Tony <laughs> Shaloub. Tony Shaloub is this like Russian um, janitor. Yep. And he meets this parrot in the scientific facility and figures out that he can talk. And then the parrot tells him his whole story up until um, this facility. And it's so sad and cute. Basically, like... It's it's got some some ET vibes in terms of like innocent creature is different and then the world like takes advantage of that and then like there are like some good people who try and help Polly. Um mm-hmm. I think I watched this hundreds of times as a child. It would always make me really sad because there's this one part where um Polly's with this little girl and she like knows that he can talk but he never talks around her family so then her family thinks that she's like quote-unquote crazy and then they take polly away and there's this part where she's like running after the car and she's like polly no and it's so sad so like it is a sad movie but also very triumphant and cute is i'm like, surprised neither of you have seen it is polly is, animated is, is, is or the is, parent are yeah. they a puppet well i think okay so it's from 1998 i said so like i think it's a real parrot that they did animation to or maybe sometimes they used a, a like um like a figurine but it looks real like it looks really real i'm googling it yeah i don't know maybe they like animated the beak to move oh man now that's a fake bird you think <laughs> yeah you're gonna show us it's gonna know, be like i'm not great bird. at i'm not great at recognizing practical effects all the time i think it's a puppet i think that's what it is well does then it's, it's a puppet i guess does its beak yeah. move when it speaks I can't remember now. Oh, I was going to rewatch it this week, but then I didn't. But there's one of, like, here's Tony Shalhoub, and it, lo- it totally looks like he's just holding real birds, so they probably went back and forth. Yeah, I right? think it was a back and forth yeah. situation. Interesting. But yeah, Tony I'm Shalhoub. fascinated that neither of you have seen this. I've never no? even heard, hear tell of it. Time forgot. Time forgot. <sighs> yes, it did. Sean, what do you got for us? Um. Okay, so a major theme of a lot of mine are that they are bizarro cartoons, like off, off, off brand, mm-hmm. um, that somehow landed into basically my sibling's lap and I would just watch as well. And mm-hmm. one of them is Balto from 1995. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, oh yeah, they made a cartoon about a dog that saves a village from diphtheria, which is <laughs> very wild. And maybe the invention of the Northern Lights. With, <laughs> the invention? With like glass and a lamp. And, this, is, yeah. this is actually the first movie I ever saw in theater, Sean. Really? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that anyone else really had even seen it. I loved that movie as a kid. I had a little um, stuffed husky that I named Balto. Oh. I think... Okay. I, I think this movie was a source of a bit of like childhood depression, if I recall. I just there's I think there's a bunch of sad parts and like yeah. if if I remember correctly, like he like he every step forward is just two steps back and something worse and worse and worse happens as he's just trying to get the medicine to the little girl. Is that what is that? Well the movie? whole is village it? is dying. Yeah. But and, specifically um, for him, he's really focused yeah, on he the really wants yeah. uh Miriam Margulies as a child. Uh Oof. But um, yeah, there's like there's like a lot of half wolf bigotry between the, the dog mm. community, um, and uh, Kevin Bacon plays the dog, the lead dog. Oh yeah, of course he does. And Phil of Collins plays two polar bears named Muck and Luck. Is that so <laughs> no. surprising? <laughs> <laughs> that naming, I'm not sure about, but <laughs> it's I just like. Researching all of these weirdo cartoons, I'm like, they have big names in this. I feel like they always do, yeah. Kevin Bacon just put aside a few moments and pretended to be Gosh. a dog. It's <laughs> got to take them like two days maximum to record yeah. that, right? It's a two-hour movie. Yeah. You're a professional actor. You don't have to memorize anything. And the middle is literally all action. Like, mm. whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, we're skating across a, a lake that's about to break. So he probably didn't have to do anything there. Man, God, that's wild. Um, okay, I've got a big list. I don't think we're gonna get through it all, but I, I'm gonna mention everything at least. Uh, have, have I talked about night shift on this show? No, I don't know. No, okay. I think I brought it up, but today I want to talk about it. Uh, so night shift uh, stars Henry Winkler, Shelley Long, and Michael Keaton, and it's about how did you uh, get Shelley Long? Doesn't your mom despise her? <laughs> I was just yeah, about she, to I, was, say I, that. I didn't. I didn't find I, I I I was at a friend's house. I forgot about it for years, and then another friend reminded me when I was in university. I think uh, that's my mom. I don't think my mom has ever seen this movie. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Keaton and Winkler play coroners in a morgue, and they get switched to the night shift. And there's nothing to do. There's literally anyway. Uh, Shelley Long plays a hooker with a heart of gold. And uh, her and Henry Winkler cross paths, and essentially, they become the pimp and hoe runner for this group of ladies that Shelley Long works with. And they run everything out of the morgue. It's insane, you guys. It's absolutely insane. That phrasing, I did not expect to hear. This is family programming. That's true. It's true. Uh, Two things. So, so two things. I did edit that, but that is from the literature for the movie, which I I I made sure to read before. Anyway, uh, it's great. They buy a McDonald's at some point. Other people get involved, like with like with like other criminals who are upset at them, you know, altering the infrastructure of the criminal world through the morgue and through. Uh, he's kind of like a tax guy. It's super weird, and uh, it all ends with the most realistic gunfight I think has ever been depicted in cinema, and that's the first person gets shot and everyone freaks out because mm. someone actually got shot. That actually sounds familiar. Uh, I think you have brought that part. Up. I, th- I think I I, th- I think I brought that end up before, but um, oh man, did I forget about it? And oh man, was I happy when I remembered? Oh, that's nice. Dang. What about you guys? What else did you remember? Well, okay, yeah, I have some other like Sean. I'm curious about what else is on your janky animation list. So why don't you tell mm-hmm. us about that? Okay, so I've got another that uh, I think you guys we've talked a bit about, but I would like to go in further. It's called mm-hmm. We're Back. Yes. Oh yeah. And so the plot of this is about a group of dinosaurs that meet an alien at some point and are given a special cereal called Brain something. Yep. <laughs> I forget what it is. I forget too. And anyway, it basically anthropomorphizes them and makes them very intelligent. And so then they're very smart and cute. Uh and then so there's like five of them, and then they come into some like contact with these kids, and they have a big group. 
But then the alien has a twin brother named Professor Screw Eyes, who <laughs> oh, coincidentally yeah. has a screw for an eye, which I is forgot. horrifying. And I don't know which came first, the name or <laughs> the affliction. And uh, and then he invents Brain Drain, where if he gives it to mm-hmm. you, you go back to like, you devolve, basically. And so he gives it to mm-hmm. the kids at one point, and they turn into like monkeys. And then he gives it to the dinosaurs, and they turn evil and scary again. It's really freaky and scary. And it, yeah, it's yeah, a it's, pretty scary movie. It, it ends with all dark. these crows attacking Professor Screw Eyes. And eating him until only the crow, until only the screw is left. Ah, sick. But also, he deserved it. <laughs> he did deserve it. Right? He was draining people's brains. Yeah. And again, in this movie, which sounds crazy bonkers, John Goodman, Jay Leno, Walter Cronkite, Julia Child, Martin Short, and Rhea Perlman. Wow. What are you guys doing? I didn't even know Julia Child did voice work. Well, uh, just for just for we're back. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't even remember her character in it, so maybe she said like one thing. <laughs> I'm but, a uh... dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of butter. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So I... Okay, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, to jump on Sean's boat of all these weird cartoons that got made, um, have have you guys heard of Cool World? No, someone told me about that this week, and I was like, I don't know it. No, Sean? No, I've never you... heard. Uh, I know everything it is... cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is it is crazy. It's it's sort, it's sort of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit deal, except instead of the cartoons being, like, a part of the world, I think they enter through, like, a comic. Like, he, the <gasps> guy's a comic, and he, like, jumps through. But you know, uh, I actually listened to a um, How Did This Get Made about it. Oh. And it was... How did, it, how did it get made? Uh, well, just they basically ripped it. Yeah. They didn't well, do any real uh, research. Uh, but, um, I, I like, actu- actually, I remembered this in, like, while we were talking right now, so I really don't remember much about it, but it's about a cartoonist who, uh, is trying to escape through Cool World or something, and I think he's in jail for a while. Like, it is not for kids. PG-13, but, uh, I think it's, like, a mixture yeah. of, like, yeah, like, a human... The cartoon artist gets sucked into the comic, kind of. Yeah. And there's, like, a policeman that makes sure that people don't have sex with cartoons. Yes. But there's one yeah. cartoon that is really trying to have sex with a human, because then she will somehow get out of the comic. And so uh, she's, like, pl- trying to seduce everyone. It sounds I believe crazy. She's, I believe she's ki- played by Kim Basinger. Yeah. Passenger. Yeah. And she has so. a really funny name. It's like, it's like Hollywood. I think is her name. I think I think you're right. Okay. It is Hollywood. I have two to add to this list that I'm curious if you guys have seen. Mm-hmm. One is called Cats Don't Dance. Don't ask me. This one. <laughs> no idea. This one was one of those ones where I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I fully forgot it existed. I don't even. I couldn't tell you anything really interesting about it except that like. It's this young cat who goes to Hollywood and wants to be famous, and then, like, the cast of characters that he meets, and, like, this evil child star who gets in his way. Um, have It came out in 1997. Haven't thought about it once since I last watched it, I think. You have to go so, with the cat. Nothing the there. Cats okay. and couch. <laughs> cats and couch. And then the second one, I'm hopeful that this one will resonate with you guys. The Page Master. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. This is crazy. This is this, is, this one. This one, yes. 1994, Christopher Lloyd, Macaulay Culkin, both animated to absolute perfection, looking exactly like themselves as animation. Um, yeah, 100%, yeah. I don't actually really remember a lot of what happens. They kind of like, he Macaulay Culkin has to go through a bunch of different books, right? From my memory, yeah. he For gets some trapped reason. in the library. And yes. then all these books are coming to life, and like he has three book friends, and mm-hmm. one's like a hunchback book because it's like <laughs> yeah. horror. Yes, and then so he's passing through all of the genres of books, and he gets in adventures mm-hmm. that are that you know that way. That but yes, I literally I can't. I, I can't, can't remember what the. Else. I can't remember what the exact conflict was either. Like I don't know what yeah. the. But, like, was um, Christopher Lloyd helpful, or was he the antagonist? 
He was a bunch of characters, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, oh, it was a real I, Polar I, Express for Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. He did, no. he did a... The OG... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie I wish I could forget about. <laughs> okay, you guys, hold on, hold on. The Page Masters, a 1994 American live-action animated film starring Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd, Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Stewart, Leonard Nimoy, Frank Wel- Welker... Ed Begley Jr. and Mel Harris. That's a star-studded cast. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, so that one that one blew my hair back a little bit when I was reminded of that film. <laughs> blew, blew your wig off a bit? Yeah, blew my pages around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's yeah, also a blast from the past there. Yeah, Sonia. right? Um, okay. I was thinking about Macaulay Culkin because... Um, do you remember Richie Rich? Yeah. yeah. That was like, because Richie Rich was, I think, nominated for, I mean, Richie Rich, Macaulay Culkin was <laughs> nominated for a Razzie for his performance, which I, which I think is really mean to do to a child star. I thought, I thought, I thought they did pretty good for that. I don't, I thought Blank Check was better. I don't know if you guys saw that one. No. I okay, do remember well Blank then. Check, but I, I remember even as a kid being like, does this money go this far? Because <laughs> it was only like a million bucks. And I was like, it's true. he's buying houses, the property taxes on this mansion alone. Like, Oh, yeah. I think we've yeah. talked about that before. That rings a bell. You cannot afford it at all. Okay, you guys. We might come back to our... My list has not even been Same. exhausted at all here. Um, but I want to know about the movies that we forgot that were bad. Mm. What about the bad ones? You got any bad ones? Ooh. Do you guys remember Jack Frost? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From with 1998? My, with the, I think I like that movie. Like, did Michael Keaton win an Academy Award? <laughs> Not for that <laughs> role, but I'm like, they got, a good, they got a good actor in that role. Yeah, but wasn't the movie itself kind of trash? That was horrible. Maybe. Or was I just scared of the snowman? No, it's really bad. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was, I remember everyone saying how bad it was, and then I think I watched it and I was like, you know, TBS does it again. This is amazing. I think literally <laughs> all I remember Jerry. is just like a freaky snowman bumping around and then just yelling out like ice-related puns. Yeah. Like, nice yeah. to meet you, bros. Like throwing a snowball at them. It's like snow wave. Nice to meet you. That's, that's what I remember. Sean, that's probably better than all the jokes in the film and you just thought of it off the top of your head. But it begins with Michael Keaton dying right yeah yes. it's, it's dying is he a snowplow guy no is that he's, what he does he's okay. a crappy mu- jazz musician and he's missing christmas for a gig and his kid's like god i wish my dad would like be here and then michael keaton gets in a car accident in the snow and then it you know as this happens, when you die in the snow, the snow comes inside you and turns you into a snowman. I don't know if you guys When you die in that. the snow, you die in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so then it turns him into an outrageous snowman. Yeah, throw a lot truly of outrageous. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you, you know, you have power over the snow when you become the snow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, whose bad one was that? Sonia's? Yeah, that was me. Okay, Sean, what's your, do you have a bad one? Well, yeah, I think um, I think of another one that's like, it's called The Pebble and the Penguin. <gasps> I like that one. <laughs> Do you like it? Okay. It, well, or the, Child Me did. I feel like it's I, all from I... the same. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. from the same production company that I feel like I'm talking about, like Rockadoodle, where the themes mm-hmm. are just kind of weird. And yeah, it's basically... Uh, it's got an evil Tim Curry as like a bad but kind of sexy penguin, and then like, <laughs> uh, and then like a really awkward penguin that tries to win over the hot penguin with a pebble, and then just a series of misadventures. It's there's a lot of penguin cartoons, and I think it's the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> but it came first, like it was before Happy Feet. It was before that other one. You're right. Um, it was, they, they had to wait it, for the trend to die down to bring so it back. They could slide. <laughs> yes, precisely. Oh, uh, that's of course. Uh, have you guys heard of Meet the Deedles? Uh, yes, sounds, but I don't know what it is. It sounds gross. It, it, it's it's uh, um, 
it's a very strange uh, Paul Walker was in it. Mm. Uh, and it was, I think, probably one of his first movies. But it's about him. He and his brother play the Deedles. And they're rich and they surf and party a lot. Not drink, party. Mm. Because, you know, it might be a, a Disney flick. I don't know. And uh, their dad cuts them off. So he sends them away. And they wind up in Yellowstone Park or something. And they pretend to be park rangers. Oh. And it like it's just the strangest. And the park ra- rangers they're replacing to are these two women who get cut to throughout the movie. And they're just like surviving eating bugs in like a well-made grass shelter. Like it's just insane. And then I think the end of the movie, spoiler alert, is that they flood. Yellowstone Park so that they can surf there? <laughs> like, it's just... As one does. It's just insane. It's it's crazy. But, um... Yeah, no, it, that one definitely came up as a as a negative... As a negative That's not one. what that title made me think it was gonna be. No. I thought yeah, it was gonna be, I, like, about a creepy family. Yeah. Nope. Well, they're creepy, but in a different way. Much more of a bro situation than, mm. than like not. Like a Stepford... Bro. Stepford Bros. Step, Stepford Bros. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Bro. You got you guys have any other negative uh negative remembers? Do you guys remember my favorite Martian? Is uh, that, vaguely. Is that bringing up anything for you? Jeff Daniels I, and Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd's coming up a lot, isn't he? Yeah, he's done some stuff. 1999. Um basically Christopher Lloyd is a Martian who comes down to Earth, and then Jeff Daniels discovers him, and he's, like, the uptight guy, and then he has to, like, shepherd him through the world. I forget why, but um, I remember it being quite funny, but then also I watched some clips, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's she don't hold up. There's a lot of shepherding of a person through the world. Yeah. Like, yes. Encino Man, and, like... Yeah, it, th- it, this is like Harry and the Hendersons, but with an alien. Yeah, exactly. And the animation is tragique to look at. <laughs> What's the animation? Like a ship? Well, yeah, like there's his ship and then like he he also can turn back into his like alien form, his Martian form. Oh. So like at one point, I remember Jeff Daniels comes out and he's like in the hot tub as a Martian. It's pretty <laughs> bad. It's, he looks like a giant ant kind of. Um, well, yeah, or like, there's like. he's like in this in a store, and some kid is like bugging him. So he like he goes like, Bleh! and then like <laughs> a thing like comes out of his mouth, like a little like tentacle thing, and it's so bad. And I don't know. This is all I remember of my favorite Martian. But I think so it's your favorite. A, I think this is a little bit of our our age gap, maybe, because I'm like I think everyone my age saw these movies. Maybe I yeah no I didn't. We're showing our ra- our range. Yeah. These two, these uh, two years. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the movie Fly Away Home? Yes. It was on my good. It was on my good ones list. Oh with, no! Without, oh. I love without it. Pac-Win? Of course, I love it. Yeah. She's our oh. queen. Is she? Is she? She's a queen. Is she? <laughs> a little goose what is queen. She, so what is she queen. even doing now? Yeah, uh, I saw this movie. Actually, now that I think about it, I think I saw this movie with the Page Master at the IMAX. Cool. On a trip, Whoa. on a trip to Regina, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's what oh, happened. Jeremy, when you saw those Canada geese fly on the big screen, your heart would have soared. Oh my! Oh my soared God! Soared like guys. a spirit bear. It is the worst. Is the most boring and long movie. No, it's so and, cute. And I just, I just, because there's that's the one where she's in the shower and she gets soap in her eyes in one scene. Yeah. And it's like this, like, it's like a three minute, like, oh, there's something in my eye. And I'm like, lean back. Like, what are you doing? You know where you are. Lean You've back. done this before. Just just wash it off. Also, Adam Hatton <laughs> was just in uh, Academy, Academy nominated film, The Irishman. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she have one line? So, she has one line. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't but it like, I'm why saying, didn't you still, call him? She's still working. Yeah. <laughs> is she um, barely working? Yeah, that's why. Oh man, talk to Marty Ugh. about it. Um, oh, that was another Jeff Daniels keeps. I was just gonna say, again. is he the dad in that? Yes. Okay, yeah, and then doesn't he help her design like a like a glider so that she can fly and teach the geese to migrate? It's a yes. glider that looks like you're a telling goose. me that doesn't capture your brain and heart. No, Jeremy, <laughs> it, you wouldn't strap yourself to a glider and leap into the air. 
also, it's an interesting way for children to learn about the biology of imprinting. I but oh no, besides this is, Twilight, this is... yeah, besides <laughs> Twilight, in a whole new way. <laughs> in a whole new way, Woof, Woof indeed. Uh, I I I have a question for you guys right uh-huh. before we break here. Uh, I've never heard of this. No, sorry, that's not true. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. The Indian in the cupboard. Have you seen this? Oh, I've is seen it. it. It's isn't I it based seen, on a children's novel? Like a classic, I think so. quote unquote. I I, I have seen many a trailer for this, but have not seen because of the review of my cousin who said it was super bad. Yep. I don't yeah, remember this, it being bad, but I do like obviously at some point it disappeared. And I don't know if they tried to rename it or if it was just like, let's just scrap the whole thing. No, it's directed by Frank Oz. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe it's good. I don't know. I couldn't tell you one thing that happens in it. It's. I think it's like he, the he puts dolls in and they come out. He puts. Yeah, alive like he and has like a right. little figurine, and then in yeah, a magic like house, and then when he opens it again, they're like alive. Yeah, but uh, okay. I'm well, sure there are no that... problems with it. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember anything specific, literally from it, but I'm sure that's probably also buried at the bottom of like. You know, a default. Mm. Is it I don't think so. Mm. Anyway, all right, you guys, let's take a break. We've really been remembering pretty hard. That was a pretty intense first half. Uh, We'll be right back after these messages. Uh, You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be right back. Uh, Welcome back. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're talking about things that we forgot about today. But uh, first, just a quick quick question. Do you guys know what time it is? Do you have any idea? Um, It's Um, Monday afternoon. Yeah, Yeah. after lunch or something. It's game time, people. (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, uh, the game is where I spend... uh, 10 or 15 minutes this week, uh, looking for a title that these two have not seen related to our topic. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? Yeah. so ready. Yes. Uh, I did just have a, a, a little asterisk here. I have never really thought of what it might look like to an individual standing with you guys alone doing the air horns with no context about what it's about. You're just sitting there going, I sometimes Uh, think that when I hear someone walking by in the hallway, (laughs) they just hear me like having a very animated one side conversation. (laughs) And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, well, I guess, I don't know. It's zoom time. So maybe people are all on the up and up about what's going on. I honestly Uh, think my neighbors are used to it at this point. The amount of (laughs) weird things they hear coming out of my apartment. (laughs) Well, okay. All right. <laughs> this week's title is Almost Heroes. That title again, Almost Heroes. Almost Heroes. Okay, I think that this is one of those like mid-90s to early 2000s kids films about babies who are, you know, not unlike baby geniuses in training to become heroes. So they're, like, not there yet, but they're almost heroes. Um, And it's, you know, there's, like, your classic cast of, like, there's the brainy one and, like, the, like, martial arts one and, like, the one who's good at picking locks. Maybe, like, a little baby hacker, which I think would be cute. Baby Um, hacker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just them. um, I, I mean, I think given the time period that I've suggested, they're probably combating an evil corporation, which I feel is surprisingly a theme in a lot of these movies although did our generation learn any lessons from that i'm not sure um yeah there's definitely like one maybe glenn close is the villain she's an evil ceo i like that for her glenn close today or in the past glenn close of the of the 90s Cruella de vil era (laughs) perfect sean what's almost heroes about i believe that almost heroes is about a gang of um, superheroes that have powers, but they're not as useful as they could be. <laughs> and so, like, one girl can I hold her it. breath for, like, a half hour, and another guy can build, like, a chair in, like, 30 seconds. But <laughs> can, uh, can, can one girl stir coffee with, with her finger without moving it? Yeah, but it has to like, only be coffee. Yeah. If it's, like, if it's, like, water, she can't do it. 
So yeah, and it's, if it's if it's a frap, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very specific powers, but then the real superheroes get uh, kidnapped, and so then the ragtag crew has to help them uh, using their special powers, and it's very fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> a, th- a thank you. You're welcome, um, Sean. Okay. All right. Well, I'm happy that you guys went that way with it um, because it uh, is not that in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Um, yeah, you guys were way off. Huh. This is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, I think. It is? Top, top 20 easily. Wow. Um, let, let, me, let me pitch it to you. Let me pitch it to you. Okay. Directed by Christopher Guest. Check. Mm. Starring okay. Chris Farley. Mm. Matthew Perry, Eugene Levy, Kevin Dunn. I don't know if you guys know who Kevin Dunn is, but he's in a lot of stuff. Mm. It is about um, uh, <laughs> Matthew Perry plays Leslie Edwards, and uh, Chris Farley plays Bartholomew Hunt, and they are an expedition trying to beat Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Okay, I did not understand our <laughs> intro, but now I do. Yeah, same, but we both played it so cool. <laughs> like, okay. yes, of course you did. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's super funny. It's super fun. Uh, it's everything you think it could be and more. And, uh, it is just the best. And if you haven't seen it, it was, budget was $30 million. It made $6.1 million at the box office. I don't even understand how that's possible. <laughs> but this was, um, Chris Farley's last leading film role before he died. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it is... Super great. I cannot recommend it enough, and everyone should go out right now in the quarantine and watch Almost Heroes. Try to break seven million. <laughs> it'll <laughs> Give it it'll do it. It'll do it someday, you guys. <laughs> oh man, what a good movie. Uh the game is of course brought to you by the biggest theater in town at over eighty five spirit bears tall. Eighty five cr- kind of flying out of pack wins tall. <laughs> <laughs> the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center. Someday we will return to you and we will eat popcorn. Likely, if we do it sooner than later, we'll probably have to maintain our six meter or six feet distance. And, uh, you know, guys, I just, uh, I'm ready to go back. Oh, I'll the... be at that canteen and I'll be like getting glassettes and I'll just be like, more! Oh, man. Oh, oh, I make them pour in my mouth. They'll, they'll be like, this This large popcorn's $45. And I'll be like, that seems reasonable. I'm like, let me get I would more. pay more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll for sure cry the first time we go. <laughs> no question. We might, be a, we might be a row apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll need it. I'll need it for my Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Uh, we're talking about movies that we forgot about. Um, what do you think makes society forget a movie? Mm. And I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring up an example here. I don't know if you guys had the same interaction I did with this, but do you remember people going absolutely insane over Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Do yeah. You rem- like, did this happen to you guys? Is it a reference I make once a month? Yes, <laughs> of course. If um, anybody drives with any sort of speed, I'm like, whoa, we're Tokyo Drift over here. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it, for, like, four months, it was the hottest thing on the planet, and then everyone just, for, like, pretended it didn't happen. Yeah. There was, Honestly, just, Avatar is kind of like that. Yes, kind of, yeah. Avatar is totally like that. Uh, I want to I wanna know how much Tokyo Drift made now. Because now I, I remember seeing Tokyo Drift, and just, like, the 18-year-old that was supposed to be the lead was easily 40 and it was all just so confusing <laughs> and then it was and just then, like what does this even have to do with being fast and or furious Not yeah no time. he was he was more of filled with disdain and pretty quick no okay that joke didn't land at all <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, i haven't actually seen it Dead i've only seen the first one That's, i was <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving it for our Fast and the Furious episode someday. Oh, yes. Oh. That's fun. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be um, a hefty week. Aren't there like 40 of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might have to do it. Are we, we including Hobson Shaw? I think Hobbs we have Shaw? to. Okay. Well, there you go. Oh, my. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> the whole universe. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. 
cinematic universe. Um, so what do you, like what is it about these movies that makes them so hot for so and then just nothing? I wonder like, if like, yeah, it's kind of a combination of like well, maybe not in these cases because these are made a ton of money at the box office, but a lot of them that are on my list were like didn't perform very well and just probably were just random VHSs floating around that I somehow mm-hmm. got a hold of. And then so then a specific child would see this one film a million times, but the world, the larger world, nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But Avatar, yeah. I cannot explain, honestly, because the hype for that was so outrageous. Yeah, There's upcoming sequels, like four of them, which literally yeah. nobody asked for. <laughs> And they're never. I don't just, think they're ever coming out. Just James Cameron. That's all. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "What's that, you guys? Another sequel? Okay, okay." <laughs> and we're like, "No, yeah. I I I have a friend, and his favorite movie is Avatar. And every time wow. he tells me that, like a shot of blood comes out of my nose, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Why? <laughs> are you okay? That, that much of a headache? Just like, what are you? What does that even mean?" Favorite movie is Avatar. Well, because some of these, like, some of them are maybe, like, too similar to other things. Like, you know, a lot of the kind of, like, kids' movies we've talked about, they kind of Mm -hmm. all, well, a lot of them are super weird, but they're all kind of, like, the same narrative structure, you know, like, so they kind of, like, run together in your memory, I feel like. But also, the thing I realized is that, like, almost everything on my list is between, like, 1994 and 2002. Yeah. So, I think it also maybe has to do with, like, when you see them and, like, where you're at in mm-hmm. your own life um, and, and that, how you, like, approach them. That's probably the specific output of, like, um, a- animated films it was probably quite huge around then. Yeah. Yeah. It probably fell off after that. No, yeah. absolutely. All right, but you guys. I know it's interesting. Oh. Yeah, I no, it's. Uh, what movie do you wish people would remember? What movie is forgotten? That's like, oh man, this is so good. Everyone has to know. Okay, you guys. Nobody talks about Fern Gully and how flipping awesome True. it is. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that movie's insane. There's I so love much Fern Gully. It's like, yeah, it's like a fantasy world. It also is a comment on like deforestation. It has a very scary oil monster. Mm-hmm. It has good. Isn't music. that also Tim Curry? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. And that's, I feel like it's like what Avatar wanted to be. Maybe. Kind His of. song I, is yeah. so good. He's like, Yeah. Noxious Mac. <laughs> and also, Robin Williams <laughs> does the bat rap, which is iconic. Oh, yeah, oh that's Batty. right. My name is Batty. My logic is already. It's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's mind blowing. So, oh, I that do movie. have. What movie do you wish people would remember? Well, Kate, I didn't know people forgot this movie, but then I realized <laughs> I sometimes forget this movie. Um, Big Fish from 2003. Oh, yeah. Oh, they forget. It was on so many of the lists I looked at. Ewan McGregor? Yeah, and Albert oh, yeah. Finney. That's pretty good. It's so good. It's like Tim Burton at his best, kind of. Mm-hmm. Where he, it's just this like love story about imagination, basically, and mm-hmm. stories. And but it's in so its Tim cute. Burton ways, there's all these gnarled roots in every yeah. shot. That's what I re- I feel like that's what I remember when I think. Yeah, about. the aesthetic is a lot, but it's um, it's really good actually. But there is no, a I... beautiful shot when Ewan McGregor spots uh, Rachel McAdams. I don't know, someone, someone like that across the a crowded circus tent, and then time freezes, and then he just walks through and is like batting away like all the things that mm. froze in front of him. It's very mm-hmm. beautiful. It might not yeah. look that way now, but at the time, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. So that's that's one that I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't know people forgot about it, but then I do sometimes forget about that one. Uh, I definitely did forget about it because it was, mm-hmm. uh, oh, man, is the sun Batman? Is that what I'm seeing here? <gasps> oh, my God. It's Christian Bale. Is that? No. Hold on. You're thinking I'm something no, else. Ewan McGregor's the sun. And Danny, you oh. see Danny DeVito's little butt. No, no, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Ewan McGregor's the the dad when he's young. Oh, oh. you're right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm digging. I'm digging deep. He's. Now. Oh yeah, he's young Albert Finney, and then Christian. Oh yeah, Christian Bale's the son. Is it? He's, I think. he's not on this list. 
Who is it? Oh, it's someone like oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's Billy Crudup. Crudup? Uh, Crudup? Dr. Manhattan? It def- they definitely look similar, uh, especially with that haircut. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. dang. No, I, to- I, I forgot about this movie, and I remember watching it and thinking, like, that was just a really great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, like, a whole thing wrapped up and put together. It's really Oh, man. Cool. I might have to rewatch that, too. Yes. Um, have you guys seen uh, Gattaca? Do you know this? you know what I'm talking about? I've heard of it, but I don't know it. I don't um, know it. Jude Law and um, uh, I think Ethan Hawke may be another one of these guys with the forgettable movies who does really weird stuff that's really good but no one sees Um, and Gattaca is definitely on that list it's about, um, he really wants to become an astronaut and it's in this weird future where um, your genes dictate a lot of stuff about you so he um, Jude Law gets in an accident and I think he's wheelchair bound so they, they make a deal where um, uh, Jude Law provides Ethan Hawke with genetic material to f- pretend to be him, and he gives him money. Um, oh. And uh, it's really weird, like, whenever they go anywhere or buy anything, they have to get, like, skin or blood tested and stuff. And uh, there's, like, police who, like, suck up every last molecule, uh, like, of... So he has to, like... Um, clean himself in the special shower every day and uh, he has to like clean his desk constantly to keep all the skin cells off because he just wants to get into space and uh, it's this really weird kind of commentary on like classism based off a thing we're not used to it being classed you know like so like he needs glasses so he's lesser than people who don't like stuff like that it's pretty cool um, really well done real stylistic stylistic and uh, it's good stylistic yeah, that's a little Sean Connery. That was there. probably the the period of time when Jude Law was in ten films a year, yeah. basically. Yeah, but uh, yeah, really great performances. They all look kind of young, like they all look like they're not fat yet. <laughs> Uma Thurman as well uh, plays the love interest. It's really great. She hasn't aged. Yeah, since Jude, Law, so. Jude Law did not get fat. Yeah, <laughs> he just did a promo for Watch. like young priest. <laughs> where he just walks in the speedo down a beach. Young Pope, isn't it? He's keeping it tight. Two, oh, yeah, Young two. Pope, not Young Priest. There are dozens of priests, Sean. There's two, there's two priests, two popes. I don't know. I don't know how that's organized. Um, okay, guys, next question here. Um, are you are you surprised by any of the forgotten films listed on the internet? Sonia Big Fish would have been one of those. Um, where you're just like... Mrs. Doubtfire has been forgotten? Really? Like, that was that was my attitude. Yeah, also nobody's babe. forgotten Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Babe's on there. Babe, that, yeah. Yeah, that thing you do is on a lot of them, which, again, I don't understand, because I love it. Uh, Hook is also on quite a few of them. No, no, like, no. Hook. Your your <laughs> lists are faulty, because... I know, these lists are wild, but I remember people these. apparently are forgetting. These, like, Hook plays on every TV screen. Every, I know. Anytime I go home. <laughs> That's just your parents doing it for you, man. Maybe. <laughs> so, Maybe it's just a VHS. They actually just have a DVD. <laughs> They've been tricking me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, uh, what movie should be forgotten? Do you guys have any titles that should just let l- go into that haze of memory and never come back? Uh, Honestly, no. It's, no? I'm sure every, every film has something to offer. It might be wackadoo cray cray, but I got one. I got one. What, what What's yours? Uh, Anaconda. Oh well, did you, yeah. Did you see this movie? Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw uh, it at the drive-in. Oh man, that's, that's scary. I mean, that's that's fortunate for you. Um, Jayla but, uh, almost was nominated for a, an Oscar this year. She had a, oh, yeah. an acting glow up. <laughs> She's come a long way since so Anaconda. Long. Um, She's but still think, Jenny from the block, though. That's true. I think the bad performance comes from John Voight. And I don't know if you remember this. God, Eric Stoltz was in this movie? Good God. So many um, people were in this. Wasn't, like, Ice Cube in this? Ice Cube, yes. They absolutely. all got eaten by that snake. God. But, um, yeah, it's just... <laughs> they all got eaten by that snake. Just the worst acting decisions I've yeah. ever conceived of. And, like... Oh yeah, you have to do an act. What's his character from Argentina or something? And he's just like talking in a high pitched voice the whole like 
with a lisp the whole time? Like, what? Did you even... Did you Google it, John? Did you even do anything? And he's like, that's and, my uh, character. And he's like, no, I just, they just sh- I just showed up one day and they followed me around with some cameras. So that's that's how we did that. And then we made a movie, Anaconda. That Oh my god. Budget, $45 million. Box office, $136.8 million. What? 130. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. been slow a slow weekend. Profitable. Profitable. Yeah, April 11, 97 must have been a hard uh... Okay, I would see JLo <laughs> fight a snake, obviously. Apparently, but good god, yeah. Wow. That, no, that that movie should just when you can't breathe, you can't scream. That's the tag that's the tag true. Line on the poster. I mean, true. Technically, that's true. Oh my god. Anyway, um yeah, if you guys can't think of anything, I think we should move into uh, what you watching. Let's so, do guys, it. what 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 you watching? Um, something that I've been watching is on Netflix, and it's called The Big Flower Fight. Um, oh God! And it's a reality show where uh, couples that are made of like artists, florists, uh, landscapers are all competing to put flowers into a design. Uh, Usually, like a very large scale design that sometimes can turn out beautifully and sometimes insanely, and it's just a very healthy bomb in the vein of like Great British Bake Off. Um, and I just like seeing really eccentric people use flowers to make sometimes beautiful art and sometimes really crazy art, <laughs> and then <laughs> like just amazing. kind of quietly smack talk each other like in interviews because they're all so. Like not alpha, but they're like, mm, I don't agree with that. <laughs> it's very cute. That's, uh, the flower committee is very, uh, very tight knit group. They are. You, you they got, all you gotta work stuck together. You got to work to get in there. And um, of course, Chromatica has been on repeat on my phone uh, mm-hmm. for this, this entire week. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard it at all yet. Um, I've yourself. been watching. Uh, yeah, I've been watching uh, Space Force with the wife of the show. Uh, oh, we're yeah. not done. I don't know how I feel about it yet. There's some things that I think are super funny, and some things that I think are not. So I'm going to reserve the comments until it's complete, which I hope will be next week. I, anyway, uh, I just watched the uh, episode where the monkey gets taken by the, the, the chimp gets taken by the Chinese yeah. space shuttle, and Steve Carell's just like, "That monkey better not talk." <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh, sh- Sean, that's a chimpstronaut. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> and then they're like, cut to the dogstronaut's camera. And it's just a floating <laughs> tail. They're like, the chimpstronaut ate him. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Sonia, what you've been watching? Yeah, so I want to talk about something really important that I've been watching um, that I don't think any of us should be silent about. I know it's a deviation from the usual tone of our show, but I think it's important to say. Um, so for the past week... I've watched an eruption of violence from police forces across North America, including yesterday in Montreal, against protesters speaking out against anti-black racist violence and the countless black lives that have been needlessly, ruthlessly taken by police. Over the past week, I have seen dozens of videos of police officers in riot gear committing acts of heinous violence against unarmed, lawfully assembled citizens, many of them black. Last week, I, like many people, watched footage of George Floyd pleading for his life for almost nine minutes while Officer Derek Chauvin callously and casually held him down, restricting his ability to breathe until he died. This violent and traumatic footage was repeatedly aired on every news network with no thought to how triggering it would be to black viewers who are already acutely aware of the danger they face every day at the hands of police. Since demonstrators have taken to the street to demand justice for George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, and countless others, they've been met with tear gas, rubber bullets, and beatings from police. I've watched all of this, as I'm sure many listeners have, and I've also watched the way the media has focused solely on property destruction and looting. If listeners find themselves thinking they should be protesting peacefully, I have three responses to that. One, black people in North America have been trying peaceful protests to combat police violence for decades. We didn't listen. Nothing changed. One need only think of Colin Kaepernick and the response his peaceful protest got. We have no right to demand that black people suppress their perfectly understandable rage for even one second longer. Two, 
there is significant evidence that the majority of the vandalism and looting is being started by white people. I have seen countless videos of white people dressed all in black, faces covered, smashing buildings and vehicles while black protesters beg them to stop. Because the consequences for this destruction will be faced by the black protesters and their message is weakened when media has looting to focus on. And three, even if the destruction of property was a coordinated effort of these protests, which I don't believe it to be for the most part, it still is not violence. Vandalism is not violence. Target has insurance. Material objects are not important compared to human life. If your reaction to these protests is concerned about property damage, I'd encourage you to take a frank and honest look at why that might be. Why does a building on fire upset you more than state-sanctioned, cold-blooded murder? This is an important time for all non-Black people to examine the ways in which we are complicit in and benefit from systems that are built on the exploitation and extermination of Black and Indigenous people. If you, as a white person, view police as a force that will serve and protect you, this comes at a deep cost, and it is time for us to do the hard, uncomfortable work of rooting out the parts of ourselves that lead us to be silent about this complicity. Dr. Ibram X. Kendi wrote an amazing book called How to Be an Anti-Racist that I encourage everyone listening to read. It led to a major shift in my own thinking about these issues and about what side of history I want to be on. Dr. Kendi writes, quote, What's the problem with being not racist? It is a claim that signifies neutrality. I am not a racist, but neither am I aggressively against racism. But there is no neutrality in the racism struggle. The opposite of racist isn't not racist. It is anti-racist. One endorses either the idea of a racial hierarchy as a racist or racial equality as an anti-racist. One either believes problems are rooted in groups of people as a racist or locates the roots of problems in power and policies as an anti-racist. One either allows racial inequities to persevere as a racist or confronts racial inequities as an anti-racist. There is no in-between safe space of not racist, end quote. I would encourage everyone listening to consider whether they have felt comfort in trying to exist in this make-believe in-between space of not racist. I know I have because it was easier and allowed me to feel good about myself without doing the hard work. But for too long, white people have placed our comfort above the safety of our non-white neighbors. And it has to end. There are many ways to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the people who are fighting for their lives in the streets right now. Please have hard conversations with your family and friends, donate to bail funds, and please, I beg you, don't turn away from what's happening. Our fellow human beings need us, even if the ways we try and show up are imperfect. Please, let's at least try. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks, guys. Uh, and with that, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sonia, Sonia and Sean, everyone at CJTR, and to our listeners. Spoiler Alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and rebroadcast Thursdays at noon. It's available as a podcast on CJTR's website, and we're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric is coming up next. See you next week. Bye. Bye.